apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter I think right now is the best coach in college basketball, hands down. It's two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And uh, we know we had a big night in college football. We had the second uh, rankings announced uh, last night. But we got to start the show with some breaking news. And we know who the breaking news is from, the Brooklyn Nets, as they hire who a guy who was their interim head coach, now as their head coach, uh, Jack Vaughn. Uh, I think this is they played it safe here. After all the Kyrie stuff, they played it safe. They didn't want to deal with another week of scrutiny with hiring. Because they were close to hiring Udoka. They were this close to hiring Ime Udoka. But I think they played it safe here with all the Kyrie stuff last week which was crazy. I think they played it safe, hired Jack Vaughn. And now we'll see what they do. I mean, right now they're, I think they're four and seven. We'll see what ends up happening. I thought the team made the right decision to spend in Kyrie. Uh, and uh, that's another story for another day. But, but uh, yeah, so Nets right now, they got their head coach now in place with Jack Vaughn. Yeah. I think for the Nets, yeah, it's definitely kind of the safe hire. They played a lot better on the defensive end of the floor since, you know, he's been the interim guy. Um, yeah. I, again, you know, with Yudoka and with everything going on at the Boston Celtics right now, you know, and I know it was Sunday night or Monday morning, you know, Joe Side, the owner, was getting a lot of backlash from, you know, the the rumors of they were going to hire him. So, yeah, this this was the safe hire. This was the better guy to go to at the moment. They seem like they play better, um, you know, with them. So, yeah, you know, um, 
not a bad idea here. He's been with the organization, you know, for a couple of years now, so knows a lot of these players. So I think he's a smart hire. He was actually a candidate for the uh, UConn job back in 2018. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. I little quick because he's never coached in college, but um, I, I remember seeing his name back in 2018 as being one of the candidates. But um, good. I think for the Nets, this was this is the smart play to keep uh, just to elevate Vaughn here and see how it works out. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you hired Ime, it'd be another week of criticism after what he did in the offseason. be another week of criticism, just like you did with Kyrie. I think now it's safe, and you can get on with the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one less distraction here. Again, I guess when you do have Kyrie, you're there's always going to be a distraction. But, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, th- this definitely helps the organization out of, of, you know, a bit here, keeping them. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a smart one. Yeah, with the, going to the Udoka, we don't – again, there's – you know, we don't have any information yet from the investigation or anything like that. So, again, it's definitely the smart idea here to to, to just go with Vaughn and, and let him coach. Absolutely. So now let's get into the time you've been waiting for, the college football playoff rankings. And the second uh, college football playoff rankings uh, came out last night. Really no no, surpri- no surprises yet. Obviously, you had Georgia number one, Ohio State and Michigan two and three, TCU number four, uh, Tennessee, like expected, number five, uh, Oregon six, LSU seven, USC eight. Top eight, I'm good with. The only, the issue I have is though is that Alabama has two losses and Ole Miss has one. I know they play this week, but they put they put uh, Alabama ahead of uh, ahead of Ole Miss. I, I I didn't get that. And another thing I didn't get is how is Clemson number ten? They should clearly be number twelve. They are they're a one loss team and their loss was worse than anyone's loss. UCLA's number twelve and their and their loss was to Oregon, who was who is who's the best team in the Pac twelve. Uh, Ole Miss's one loss was to LSU. Uh, Clemson's lost to Notre Dame, and they got destroyed. They lost by three touchdowns to Notre Dame, and they're number ten. And uh, and and Ole Miss is number eleven. Ole Miss leads is in first place in the SEC West. No, I mean no, 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 no tied with LSU, but they're tied for first place in the SEC West. Clemson leads the worst conference in college football. How are they ahead of Ole Miss? I, 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 I or in UCLA? I don't get that at all. Because they're Clemson, and that's <laughs> that's that's the only reason yeah, yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. Again, I even go a step further. UCLA and USC would kind of swap too, Ooh. because UCLA's got two good wins against two top twenty-five teams, and USC hasn't really beaten anybody yet. You know, they 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 yeah, they haven't beaten anybody, and they just gave up over four hundred yards to a Cal team that's been mediocre at best offensively. So, I think UCLA should be in the eight spot right now. Then yeah, USC should probably be right there, 10, 11, You know, or I'd probably go you know, eleven or twelve with Clemson. You know, in one of those two spots. Um, but yeah, Alabama. I again, because they're Alabama, that's why they're sitting there ninth. Yes, they should be back because again, go back to f- last week, TCU, and even the um, the head chairman kind of said, well, you know, TCU. Um, they, there's no balance in their game, you know. They, there's no balance, but now and then, kind of said Tennessee's, you know, resume was much more, um, um, was much more complete than TCU's. But now, because they have zero losses and Tennessee's got one, you, you just kind of flip flop them here. But then later down on the board, you don't do that again. It's another inconsistent this inconsistency by them, and then they complimented by TCU this week saying, "Oh yeah, well they haven't lost yet, but I, um." That that's another thing, but yeah, Alabama should be back again. It's just they don't. There's no um consistency with these rankings, and you know it's uh that's been a problem for a while now. Um, but yeah, that's 
kind of I'm with you. The Alabama Clemson, they both should be back because Clemson's got no shot. Even with one loss, there's no shot to make college football playoff. Um, you know, Alabama obviously with two losses now, they they don't have I they, they don't have a shot either. The, the only way Alabama has a chance is if LSU drops their last two SEC games to Arkansas and Texas AM. But if they if, if LSU beats Arkansas, Alabama's done before they hit the field on Saturday. The only chance they have is if LSU drops those two games to their last two SEC games, and if Alabama beats Ole Miss. That's the only chance they have, but they have a very, very, very slim chance of making it now. Yeah, very slim. Uh, you know, even with two losses, I guess they knock off Georgia. I could see them sliding them into the fourth spot, uh, which, you know, I, I don't think they should be able to with two losses, but again, it, it's obvious Alabama. Yeah, they still have a slim chance. LSU, Arkansas, that's going to be a trap game. So I could see Alabama still kind of being alive going into Oxford Saturday afternoon. Um, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Again, it's going to be good to kind of have – you're not going to have to worry about Alabama or Clemson. It's going to be the first time since those two teams are both not in it. So it's going to be – it's great to see a new face in college football. I kind of – more than likely Ohio State's still going to be there in Georgia. But um, And I having Clemson or Alabama is going to – you know, that definitely helps the sport out a bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So were you surprised that they had TCU ahead of Tennessee? Yeah, I was a little bit because I kind of, um, what I was talking about a few minutes ago, again, last week, they didn't like TCU at all. They were kind of, you know, the balance and all that, but yeah, now this week it's like, well, they have zero losses. And last week, like Tennessee's, you know, resume, they got a lot more wins and, and te- you know, TCU, they're kind of, you know, the schedule, too. Like they like, like Tennessee's um you know resume a lot more than TCU's, but yeah, this week now you flip flop them. Again, I'm fine with having TCU at four, but again, it's it's just another um inconsistency by them. I, I I'm okay with it, but um it, you know it, it's just it's just weird that it's not weird, but it just the the inconsistency by the committee it has been a problem for you know the last seven eight years. Yeah, the one thing they have been consistent about is a two-loss team getting in, but really outside of that, there's been a lot of inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only one they really haven't – yeah, the two losses, yeah, we haven't really seen that yet. But, yeah, everything else with the, the one – with everything else with the schedules and all that, it's just – it's yeah, it's always been wonky with them. And, again, you think one week something means more, the next week it's something else. So, yeah, it's weird. You never know what they're going to – decide on you never know you know what data points they're going to look at the most so yeah it's absolutely a weird thing and it's something you know that uh you wish you could fix but again that's what happens when you have a committee of people here and it's not computers though absolutely 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 i'm gonna give three scenarios the first one is is say georgia wins the sec and goes 13 and 0 uh, Ohio State wins the uh, the uh, Big Ten. They beat Michigan. They win the Big Ten and go thirteen and zero. TCU goes undefeated and goes thir- and, and wins the Big Twelve and goes thirteen and zero. And then you have Michigan and you have Tennessee, both eleven and one. Which team? Which and, and say or no no and say Oregon wins the Pac twelve. Which team? Which one of those three teams would you put in the college football playoff? For me, the one I would put in, I would have to put in the tough one. I'm going to say if the Ducks keep blowing out teams like they have, I'll take the Ducks. The way they've been playing with Bo Nix, I know yeah, they may have to play Georgia again and they get killed. Um, but I go with the Ducks or I go with Michigan probably. If wow. Michigan loses a close game to Ohio State. So you would take Michigan over Tennessee in that, in that scenario? I, if the committee sticks with the word here and says balance, their defense has been so bad that – you know, 
that could maybe I could see that hurting them. I think they would go Tennessee over him. I I think Tennessee would get over. Uh, I think out of those three, Tennessee would probably be the four. But I'd maybe put him for just the way they talk. Of you know, if you want balance on both sides of the ball, Tennessee doesn't really do that to you. Tennessee is a team that they're gonna try to um you know get turnovers and and you know they're not good at stopping anybody. But um I I again the way the Ducks have played, the Ducks haven't had a close game in a while. They've blown out everybody lately. And again, if they do that against USC or whoever they play in the Pac-12 championship game. Again, I don't think they beat Georgia, but I think that's a much closer game the way Bo Nix has played. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I, if, it can't be, if it came between those three to me, I think it would be Tennessee because they're an SEC team. And their one loss was to Georgia. And they gave Georgia – Tennessee gave Georgia a better game than Oregon did. So if, it, if that was the scenario for me, my four would be uh, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Ohio State, TCU, and Tennessee. That, 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 would be my, that would be my final four if it came to that scenario. But another scenario would be, say, obviously, Georgia wins the SEC. Uh, Michigan wins the Big Ten. Uh, TCU ends up losing one of these next two games. Uh, Tennessee goes 11-1. And, and and Oregon wins the uh, wins the Pac-12. You would, ha- you would have to put two of those teams in between, ten- between Tennessee, Oregon, and Ohio State. Which two would you put in? I'd go Ohio State, you know, I, I – or- I think the committee goes Ohio State, Tennessee. Yep. But for me, who is Ohio State being if they lose to Michigan, though? I would probably no, have to go to Penn State and Notre Dame, but they yeah, did play Penn Notre State. Dame out of conference. They did. But Notre Dame should not be ranked either. Six and three, and they lost to Marshall and Stanford. You, you got to be kidding me. That's because it's their Notre Dame. They should not be ranked. Uh, they did beat Penn State on the road, which is a good win. Um, you know, Oregon would have, so they. Have a chance to beat Washington this weekend. They've already beat UCLA. They did beat BYU at home as well when they were in 12. They, you know, probably they'll get probably USC or UCLA, you know, one of those two if they win that. Um, I would probably, I would put in personally, um, I'd go Tennessee and Oregon, but I would think the committee goes Ohio State, Tennessee instead. I would go, I would go, actually, I, if this if this was the scenario, I, I would go. Yeah, I would. I would probably go uh, Ohio State and Tennessee. I probably go Ohio State, Tennessee. And I think yeah, in both of my scenarios, Oregon would be left out. I, I I I would go. Yeah, I would go Ohio State, Tennessee in that scenario. Now the third scenario would be say LSU beats uh beats Georgia in the SEC title game, so Georgia has a loss. Uh, we'll we'll say Ohio State uh beats beats Michigan. We'll say that TCU loses the game. We'll say that Tennessee is there. And uh, we'll say Oregon doesn't win the championship game. So this is probably the scenario that could potentially get three teams in the college football playoff. And uh, I think if, if, if that's the scenario, I think three teams get in. I think that it's Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Tennessee, and LSU. Yeah, I would have to agree, unfortunately. I think college football will lose their mind. I'd lose my mind to see a two-loss team getting in the college football playoff. I get LSU's played a lot better but I just, if there's still a one-loss team out there, is there, you know, I, I think they should get in over LSU. Um, but I'm with you. I think that that if that scenario pans out, because especially how bad they lost to Tennessee too. Like, they, I, I know like Oregon too got killed to Georgia, but that was Week One with a ton of new coordinators, a new head coach, a new off or new quarterback, and this was at home. You know, 
week um, six or seven of the year, and you lost by 30 at home. I, I know they've, they've played better, but, yeah, I, I could see that happening. I'd be very against it, though, but I, I would not shock me in the realm of possibility to see that happen. No, I, I, I think if that, that scenario happens, I think three teams get in from the, uh, from the SEC. But we got a big, big weekend in college football. But before, before we, we, but before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at, uh, at JPEG Financial, and we're going to hear from our friends at Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, we've got a big Saturday college football, and it starts in Fayetteville, Arkansas, as the Jaden Daniel and the uh, LSU Tigers face the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I think this is a close, competitive game. I think both teams score a lot of points, but I don't trust this Arkansas defense. They have not played well all year long, and that's why I got Jaden Daniels and LSU. And this, if the LSU wins this game, Alabama has no chance to win the SEC West, and they are done. They are done if LSU wins this game. So I got LSU winning this game, thirty-one to twenty-seven. But Justin. Can Jeffersons and Stan- Jefferson and Sanders have big games? Can, can, can uh, Jefferson and Sanders have a big game and help the Razorbacks pull the upset? I got, I do. I think I got, I get the Razorback win this one twenty to twenty three. So you're keeping Bama in it. Yeah, I am for for a little bit now still, but um, I think a letdown very possible here for LSU. I think it's a tough spot to come back after emotional win. Eleven a.m. kick now against the Arkansas team that needs one win to get bowl eligible. They got Ole Miss at home next week, and then at Missouri to close it out. So, you know, probably could win at Missouri, but next week at home would be tough. I think the way Arkansas is running the football, um, I, I think they could keep um, LSU's defense on the field. K.J. Jefferson's been banged up. He didn't practice much at all last week. He is this week. I think he makes enough plays. I think he hangs on the football. 
And I think Arkansas at home, they find a way. It's a tough way to play. I think Arkansas bounces back after a bad performance against Liberty last week. All righty. So now if Arkansas wins this game, this game it's still, even though Alabama lost, it's still, this game still has meaning as Alabama travels to Ole Miss to face the Ole Miss, Oxford to face the Ole Miss Rebels. And I think in this game, I think Ole Miss, I know they're, they have one loss, but I think they're a little overrated. They got beat pretty badly, in the, especially got in the second half against LSU. I just don't think, I don't see Jackson Dart beating Alabama. I don't see Alabama defense isn't as good as it's been in past years, but I just don't see Jackson Dart beating Alabama. I think Alabama contains the running game. And I think, I think Alabama wins this one by, I think, Bryce Young has a big game, a big week this week. I think Alabama wins this one by two scores. I got them winning at 34 to 20. But can, Justin, can Lane Kiffin keep uh, Ole Miss in the college football playoff race? I'm with you. I got the tide bouncing back. I got them winning 38 to 31 this week. I'm with you. I think, you know, Jackson Darts, he's okay. He's not as good as Jaden Daniels or Hayden Hooker. And I think that's the difference in this game. I think Ole Miss is going to run the ball well. Jenkins has been a phenomenal running back this year. Um, I think the problem in this game is too. Look, Lane Kiffin went for it six times, I believe, on fourth down this game last year. He's gonna do something like that this year, and it he's gonna fall flat on his face by doing it. And I, I think you know Lane Kiffin too in this game could hurt his own his own team yet again against Bama. Um, and that's why I do think the Tide find a way to go to Oxford and knock him off. I and two with Bama coming off a loss. I don't usually like the pick against Bama coming off a loss because you know there's one coach out there that's gonna even if the game doesn't mean anything there's one coach out there that's still gonna motivate his guys and they're gonna go out there and play and that's Alabama absolutely 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 so big game in the Big Ten West as Purdue faces off with Illinois and in this game I think Chase Brown is a big game I've seen Purdue get destroyed on the ground by Wisconsin and Iowa this is what Illinois does they run the football I think they bounce back this week and they beat Purdue and I think they beat them by a couple scores I got Illinois uh, uh, pretty much uh, being in the driver's seat to win the West. I think Illinois beating Purdue 20 to 7, 27 to 13. But Justin, can Purdue stay in the Big Ten West race? I think they do this week. I got them going on the road and being Illinois. Um, I think, you know, Jeff Brown's been a, he's done a terrific job with Purdue. They looked horrible last week against Iowa. Jeff Brown's teams don't usually look as bad as they did. I think they bounced back this week. I think they play a lot better. I think Purdue slows down that running game enough. I think, you know, they forced Tyne DeVito um, to make a mistake or two. And I think Aiden O'Connell plays a lot better this week. I think he gets the ball to um, Charlie Jones, the big wide receiver. Again, played at Iowa, but never got any targets because Iowa doesn't use wide receivers at all. I think he has a big day, and I think Purdue goes on the road and finds a way to beat the rival. We got Clemson trying to bounce back this week against Louisville, and I think this is—I don't know who's going to play quarterback for Clemson. But I think this is a low-scoring game that Clemson wins, twenty to thirteen. Justin, do you agree? I'm actually going Louisville. Here. Wow, you're going Louisville. Yeah, again, it's one team right now in Louisville that, again, you know, going back to about a month ago, they played Virginia at home. Cunningham was out, and it kind of sounded like they lost this game. Scott Satterfield was going to be way on his way out of Louisville. Um, they end up winning that game, and they haven't lost, you know, since then, and. They've been playing really well. The defense has really stepped up and played well. Um, Cunningham has really played well. You know, kind of like Lamar Jackson, not get as good with the arm, but he's, he's again, he's like a running back. He's just such a good runner. Um, he's tough to stop. And right now with Clemson, they didn't play well against Syracuse either. They hung they hung around, were able to do a, enough. They didn't play well either, I felt like, against Florida State. Nordine, they got absolutely blasted. 
I think I think it's one team right now in Louisville that's starting to get it going, and one team in Clemson that hasn't really shown a lot the last couple weeks. And Clemson's number one wide receiver as well. Um, um, Collins is hurt. He's got a separated shoulder. Don't think he's playing this week. I don't know who's playing quarterback. I'm going to have to take Louisville on the road this week to go. I know Clemson doesn't lose at home, but I don't like the way things have been going the last couple weeks for the Tigers. We got a we got Georgia heading to Starkville to face Mississippi State, and I know Mississippi State is six and three, but Will Rogers has really, really struggled against the top quarterbacks in this league. I think he has two touchdowns and two picks in the games they've lost to Bama, to LSU, and uh, which was Bama, LSU. Who else they lose to? They lost um, to Bama. And, uh, Kentucky, 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 yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky, gotcha. Even. Bama, LSU, and Kentucky. Will Rogers is really struggling in this game, and I think he's going to struggle again. I think he is. He throw a couple picks. I think the running game for Georgia is going to be really good. And I got Georgia winning this by a couple scores. I got Georgia beating Mississippi State thirty-one to thirteen. But Justin, can Will Rogers have a big game and pull a major upset? I think it's going to be difficult. I got the Bulldogs winning this one thirty-one twenty-one. I think they hang around for a half. Mississippi State does. Uh, you know, that that's a tough place to play, especially at night. They play pretty well there. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think Rodgers makes a couple mistakes in this game. I, I think Sesson Bennett, he played really well last week. I think, you know, he, he makes some big plays in this one. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Rodgers hasn't been great yeah, against some of the top teams in, in the conference this year. Um, and I think that continues against the Georgia team that is really going to get after them. Their offensive line's been, you know, hasn't been great this year. I think Georgia gets pressure on them. And I think the Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs, find a way to uh, get out of Starkville with the win. We got a big uh, Pac-12 matchup in Eugene. Washington faces Oregon. I think o- Oregon wins this game. I think they win it pretty handily. I think Washington's had – in the two games they've lost, Washington's, Washington's given up a bunch of points against UCLA and Arizona State. I think they give up a bunch of points in this game. I think Bo Nix continues to play the way he has. I think Bo Nix stays hot. And I think they win it by two scores. I think Penix – plays make some plays but he also makes mistakes and that's why i got oregon going to nine and one beating washington uh 38 to 24 but justin can michael Penix end oregon's playoff hopes i don't think so i think they can hang around for a bit but i got the ducks win this one um 38 to, to um 28 i i you know Penix has played pretty well this year you know he's looked really good um yeah but yeah some of the bigger games he hasn't been great and I think that may cost them this week. You know, Washington, I think, is going to struggle running the ball against a good Oregon, um, good you know, Oregon um, defense that is 14th in the country, giving up the run. And I think Washington, too, on defensively, you know, Oregon's only given up one sack all year. I think Washington has trouble. I think you know, Nick's had a had a lot of time to throw the football and spread it around. I think it'd be tough, and I just don't think Michael Penix is going to be able to do enough. They'll put up some points, but I. Don't think they'll be able to score enough against his uh, Ducks team. Got the battle of North Carolina on Saturday night as North Carolina travels to Winston-Salem to face Wake Forest. I think there's not much defense in this game. I think it's high scoring. I don't. Th- I think it's back and forth. But I'm going to take the team with the quarterback that's playing better, and that's Drake May. I think I'll take Drake May to beat Sam Hartman in a shootout. I got UNC beating Wake Forest 41-34. But Justin, can Sam Hartman hand the Tar Heels their first ACC loss? I don't think they do. I got the Tigers won this one 45 to 41. Um, I was surprised this over under was not at 80. It's at 76 and a half. The, these two teams do not play much defense at all, as you mentioned. They will not. I, I'd be shocked if both teams pump more than once in this game. Um, I, I, you know, Sam Hartman and that team, they've they played pretty well. You know, 
but the last couple of weeks, they the last couple of weeks, their offense really has not played well at all. Um, you know, three picks last week for Hartman. I think he had four, or he had another three against Louisville. I think in North Carolina, he plays pretty well because that that secondary is it's horrible. But um, I, I think Drake May outplays him. I don't think he makes as many mistakes. And for how bad North Carolina's defense is, I'll take him to get one more stop than Wake Forest. We got the big game on Saturday night, the Battle of Texas, TCU facing uh, Texas. This is going to be – I think this is going to be a great – I think it's going to be a great game between these two teams. I think this is going to be a really, really entertaining game between these two teams. But I think the difference in this game is going to be B. John Robinson. He's got seven games where he's rushed for over 100 yards. I think he does it this week too. And unlike what unlike in September when they couldn't beat Bama, I think they finish it off against against TCU. TCU has gone off to slow starts, and I think they might get off to another one, and this one's going to hurt them. And I think TCU loses their first game of the year. I got Texas beating TCU 27-24, but Justin, can uh, Max Duggan and Quentin Johnson keep the, the Horn Frogs undefeated season alive? They very well could, but I got, I'm got i with you. I got the Longhorns 34-31. to um, Yeah, Duggan and that, that team, yeah, they got to get off to fast start again. Last week started trailing again against Texas Tech. Found a way to win. Again, they get the stop when they have too late in the game. But, yeah, it's a Texas team with Quinn Ewers who's been playing pretty well. That's going to be tough to beat going on the road. Um, you know, you know, Miller in the back – Keandre Miller in the backfield, he's gone for over 100 yards in six or nine games. And in, in all six of those games, you know, that he's gone over 100, it's – I think the minimum was like 120 rushing yards. Like if they can run the football, um, you know, doing – protected and Quentin Johnson is going to have a big day. They're going to have, they're going to get their yardage. I don't think the defense is going to make the big stop on the road in Austin. to get this one. And this would be such a huge win for uh, Steve Sharkeesian to, to uh, get this one. Absolutely. And the thing about TCU is I think they're going to lose one of the next two weeks at home in Austin and uh, at Baylor. They have the toughest remaining schedule of any of these teams in the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think yeah, I'm, I think they do go to Texas or lose or, or even Baylor next week. Yeah, Baylor's defense is, is playing pretty well, and that team at home that's going to play that's played pretty well, and they they've started to really get it going the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think they get get through this thing undefeated. Um, I do think they they there's a blemish on their in their resume here either in the next two weeks. Yeah, because they've been getting behind like every single game and been coming back, and I just don't think that you you could you could keep just keep doing that and and stay undefeated. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, again, at some point that catches up to you, and it's definitely gonna catch up to them against yeah a Texas team again. Kansas State they got lucky where they got down to the third string quarterback, and again a couple other guys on both sides of the ball got hurt in that game, and they were able to come back. So yeah, absolutely. They 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 you know it's it's probably it's. You know, it's tough to keep winning this way um, all, all year, falling from behind. At one point, you know, you're it's going to bite you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to wrap up the show talking about some UConn sports, sports because they deserve our attention, especially the football team at 5-5. Five and five. They got a big game at home against Liberty. And I know Liberty is good. They only have one loss. What chance do you give UConn to win this game on Saturday? I know that the formula's been run the football, play good defense. Could they? Can they continue that formula against Liberty? They could, you know, Liberty's coming off a win at Arkansas, maybe a nice letdown spot there for the Huskies. Uh, but I think it's going to be difficult. You know, Ole Miss has played four different quarterbacks this year, and they're still at 9-8-1. They're down to, like, their four-string guy this year. You, you, you mean Liberty? Because yeah, Hugh I mean, Freeze yeah, is Liberty. the coach. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. He's done a terrific job. I, I can't imagine that. I, he's going to probably, if he wants it, he'll get a power five job. 
this off, probably Auburn. I, I think he's a favorite for at this point. Um, but for UConn, yeah, you know, running the football at Turner, um, you know, Victor Rosa, the Bristol kids, he's he the way he runs, if he was like six one, six two, I think he'd be down south somewhere if he really, really wanted to. Really, really. He's a for because he's five eleven, and I think that went over, you know, overlooked him. So he was a little bit a couple inches taller. I, I think he he probably wouldn't have been a four star, probably wouldn't be here. Um, he's looked really good. You know, Houston hopefully he's gonna come back um this week. But yeah, for you kind of it, it's can't t- don't turn the ball over and it you know be creative with their play calling as as well. You we've kind of seen some trick plays out of them. Um, you know, the penalties too have killed them at times. Again, you know, they're gonna have to keep this thing low score. It's supposed the weather's supposed to be pretty bad or that you know, tropical storm they call some of the remembrance, you know. Could make it a very sloppy game, which both teams want to run the football. So I could see it a very low-scoring game, and you know I, I think that it plays it close. That plays into UConn's favor, though. The way they've been winning this year has been running the ball and playing defense. And all their wins, they've given up less than fourteen points, fourteen points or less. Yeah, yeah, no, they they have. It's it's been great, and and Liberty's defense too has been really good, and that's kind of what they want to do too. Like it's kind of two teams that are mirror images of each other. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game. Both teams, you know kind of are their strengths it's kind of run the ball playing good defense and that, that's been huge for both of them so i think you kind of keep it close but i think liberty finds a way to pull it out i think they just have a little bit more talent um hopefully it's a good crowd there on saturday you know and people are get behind them but um it, it's been incredible more is done and it, it, you know in year one and it's been impressive because these are all edzel's guys like i know they got some transfers and a couple freshmen in there like rosa but these are a lot of Edsel's guys, and and they've uh, they've played pretty well. Yeah. Do you think the formula that Moore has brought their defense and running, you think that's going to work at UConn uh, in the next couple in the next couple of years? I definitely think it could. The way they're kind of independent again next year, their schedule's not bad at all. They could win the way they played this year. I think they could get to eight and four next year. I, I right now you look at it, I think they could. They have NCC and Duke at home. I want to say they go to Tennessee in middle of uh, October, but I think they could go like eight and four, something like that next year. I think it could work. Um, again, he's been good in the portal. Again, I know the class right now isn't great, but it's not finished yet. So yeah, absolutely. I think the way they play defense, the way they run the ball again, Turner, again, he was a guy that before he got injured his senior year, he had a lot of power five offers, LSU, Miami, A&M, couple others you know like and they kind of backed off when he got hurt so this is somebody and he went 30 and two in high school like he's somebody's a winner i think you know the development of him is going to help um you know later down the road and again they've missed a lot of the wide receivers the top four wide receivers at one point so they're starting to kind of trickle back in but i think this definitely will work and again i know he's i've heard he's a candidate for the colorado job i don't i, I don't i don't know if he if he's going to go back to a power five but Again, you know, hopefully he stays here. And I, I think, you know, he could get this team to, to bowl games, hopefully, you know, hopefully every year. The way that it, for how bad this team was, you know, again, you know, if they could get the six, seven wins every year, we'll take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we'll transition to UConn basketball. They opened the season on Monday night, beating Stonehill uh, 84 to 54. But coming into this year, they did not have a great ranking in the Big East. They were picked for fourth behind Creighton. Villanova and Xavier, do you agree with them being fourth in the media poll, even after losing RJ Cole and Tyrese Martin? No, I had them third. I had Creighton one, Nova two, UConn three, Xavier four. Um, you know, I, I think UConn, I, again, watching the other night, yeah, you know, RJ Cole's a big loss of the point guard spot, and Martin's kind of a do-it-all guy. 
you know, Whaley was just Whaley was a good guy. Whaley would do a little bit of everything. Whaley's probably one of my favorite all time UConn fans in the last, you know, since I, you know, really been watching the last like 10, 15 years. Um, I loved Whaley. But yeah, I think they're I think they're the third best team in this conference. Creighton again, very good. Nova's gonna be very good when they get healthy. Um, but yeah, I think you know what I saw from I from this team watching on Monday night. They have a lot more athleticism than they did last year, and the length there is too. And again, they have some shooters as well that could kind of spread the floor, and that helps out Sanago, even though Sanago, when he gets the ball inside, he still does not like to pass out, even when he's getting double and triple team. But I, I do like this team, and I think, I think you know, a little bit disrespectful fourth, and I think, you know, for whatever reason, everybody likes Sean Miller and, and that Xavier team. I'm not a big fan of that team. Um but again, third right there, um, I think where they should have been spotted. So they lost their two, two of their three leading scores last year with Tyrese Martin and RJ Cole. How are they going to replace them? You know, this year um, they brought in a couple of good transfers. I felt like Tristan New Newton coming over from East Carolina, um, who played pretty well. Ne- Naheem Ali coming over from uh, Virginia Tech, who's you know decent score for Virginia Tech. Thought he played all right. They got Alex Grabon. Um, you know, freshman from IMG Academy from Mass. He shot the ball pretty well. Um, there he's he's gonna be a sharpshooter this year. He's got a great stroke. I'm excited to kind of watch him play. And um, you know, and Donovan Kling, the Bristol kid as well. He, the the shot block, he he had a three or four block shots the other night. Um again, I know competition gonna a lot stiffer at some point, but I, I really liked him. Again, the the thing with you kind of is uh you know, can all these guys defensively really, um, you know, how are they going to guard defensively? You know, and then I've got about Hawkins as well. He got hurt again. Hopefully it sounds like he'll be okay. But Hawkins is, again, he's a guy that he could be a first round pick this year. I think, you know, he's a really good shooter. Um, the confidence got to be there. I think he shot it over five the other night before he got getting hurt. But Hawkins is probably going to be the number one guy or number two guy behind Sanago. So, I think this year there's a lot more opportunities for a lot of guys. And I think multiple guys could beat you on, you know, any given night. Um, but again, they didn't shoot the ball great the other night, but I, I think that's only going to improve as kind of the season goes on though. So how much of an impact is Donovan going to make at center? We know how much he dominated Bristol central last year. How much of an impact do you think he makes this year with this team? I think he could have a really nice impact again. Um, it's going to be tough for him and Sanago to play together, but you know, just cause those, I know sanago has been improving his three-point shot, but again, you, the spacing-wise, you can't have those two on the floor. But um, for Donovan, again, they they were not great defensively, and a lot of Stone Hill guys got by their guy. And you know, he raced a lot of shots with his length at seven foot two, with his wingspan, he's going to reject a lot of shots. And again, he hasn't played a lot of man before this year. Like I guess Fritzel Central, he put a lot of two-three zone, so he's still learning the man-to-man principles and all that, but. Again, against a team that doesn't have a good center that could shoot, he's going to race a lot of shots. And um, he's got to get a little bit stronger, I think, down low offensively. But I think he's somebody, again, I think he played 20 minutes of the night. I, I expect against a you know more tougher competition, so I could say he's out of foul trouble. He probably played more to 10, 15 minutes a game. And um, I think he would be a very good contributor um, you know, off, off the bench and give him a nice spark defensively with the way he can block shots. So talking about Sanago, what are his chances to win Big East Player of the Year? I think he's got a good chance. Again, the problem with him is at times is it's it's a black hole with him down low. He had 19 points in 19 minutes. Um, you know, 
very good shot blocker as well. You know, he had a couple turnovers, but, you know, he was 8 for 11 from the field. I think he's got a shot. You know, Ryan Kulkbrenner is going to be very good. Pasha Alexander's back. Um, you know, Creighton's got a bunch of Ryan Nemhart, somebody that maybe could. Villanova's got a – they got a um, one-and-done guy, but he's hurt right now. And Cam Whitmore, he, he's going to be very, very good. He's going to be a lottery pick, I believe, um, this April or June. So I think they have a very – I think Sanago's got a good chance, you know, especially you kind of could get up there, finish first and second somehow in in the Big East. I think he definitely does. Um, he's got a chance. But him and Colkbrenner, I think, are probably going to be the two guys that, you know, um, could be totally right there because there's a lot of good players in this league. But I, I definitely think Sanago could. But, again, I, I think with the way they could space the floor this year, it's definitely going to help them. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Going to be very, very interesting to see what UConn does this year. And they will be back in action on uh, Friday night at 6 o'clock at Gamble against Boston University. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about week 11 of the NFL season and week 12 of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.